The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, international Bible teacher and author Beth Moore helps us know what to do when we face conflict following God's will. This was one of the times when he was on the boat with them and he had fallen asleep. Here come the wind and the waves. Even some of my conservative commentaries will go ahead and concede to the fact that in all likelihood we are to understand that what's happening in the scene is that the enemy knows Jesus is coming. And she's talking about Jesus and the man with demons. A lot of folks got demons. You know, when you think about that, you think, oh, this is some kind of, you know, some kind of an evil, impish thing. I think a lot of the demons that are at work uh, in the United States and even in the church are pretty classy demons. They make you look like somebody really intelligent, classy, and above God and beyond. Or you might be religious and, and, and even be like an angel of light. You have to really watch because they will deceive and they will defeat and they will cause division, and they will destroy. But we have the ability to overcome their evil intent. I want to remind you of something before you listen to Beth. We have launched what is called the stream, stream.org. I want all of you here in the studio audience, stream.org. I pray you go there every day, and you go there prayerfully, because it'll be updated all through the day. I go to the stream throughout the day and I'm amazed at what pops up because what matters to people who know what matters shows up. And then the voices of wisdom to give us understanding of the times and how we can effectively address issues of importance and do it in love and do it in spiritual, supernatural unity for the benefit of everyone, even the critics, even those who disagree. Because Father knows best and God the Father wants the best for every one of us. And the stream has been released like the river whose streams make glad the city of God. So go to the stream every day and go there prayerfully. All right? Here's Beth Moore. Welcome back. Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 8, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8. I'm going to start reading with you in just a moment in verse 26, Luke 8, verse 26, and I've got to tell you guys something. When I am about to come for a taping, needless to say, this is a very, very big deal. I have a lot of opportunity to, to teach and to speak and um, get a chance to do a number of events throughout the year. Uh, but let me tell you, there is no other audience that quite matches, even when I do a simulcast uh, for our um, events that we do through Living Proof Live, still it cannot begin to touch what we're doing here and the viewership that we have, that we get the opportunity to have at Life Today and what uh, James and Betty have so graciously invited us to participate in. So I don't have to tell you that it is a big deal. I mean, you, you know that. So I mean, I take seriously 
When I'm heading this direction, this, this is prayed through and thought through, and um, I have to even really be in check in my heart not to stress through it and feel the pressure of it, but just come and minister. So I go laying out all these messages. I do not like to come to this format with untested material. Well, you can imagine why. There's nothing like realizing halfway through an untested message that it really was not the right one. Anybody, can somebody amen that with me? <laughs> nothing quite like it. I do that all the time on the road, but when I come here, I like as, as often as I can to have given it at least once in some general form that something is similar uh, to what I've done before so that I know if it even clicks. And this time, I just like laid it all out. Like if you've got a background in, in the Old Testament at all, like Hezekiah's letters is all out there. Here you go, Lord, what shall it be? And it was like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I mean, he just starts like pushing. Now, he's not doing it literally. I would have fainted and fallen dead away. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, uh-uh. And he puts this on my heart. So I've, I've never, I cannot remember ever uh, teaching it before. So here we go, untested material. But here's the good news. That's the bad news. <laughs> but here is the good news. The good news is this makes me absolutely certain. I want to say that word again, certain that this is meant by God for this series. I am positive of that. Now, if, if it gets blown up somehow, then it was me and not him because it was his will. Um, so I want you to pray for me as I bring it out of Luke 8. I'm going to start reading at verse 26, and I'll read through verse 39. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. Everybody say, opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time, he had worn no clothes and he had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus? Son of the Most High God, I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Verse 30, Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. This is the oddest story. Stay with it in verse 32. I, I'm trying to think if you've not got any background in the scriptures, how interesting this is going to be right about this minute. You know, I just hope you really haven't just had bacon for breakfast. And, and, and don't make me have to say the words deviled ham. Please don't make me. Please don't make me. Verse 32, now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Just nuts. Verse 34, when the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them. For they were seized with great fear. So he, being Jesus, got into the boat and returned. 
The man from whom the demons had gone out begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. I just flew in today. I live in Houston and we are taping here at uh, Life Outreach in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to give you a little bit of geography for where we're uh, serving you. And uh, today, I got out of the car at the curb. I walked into the airport, Terminal B in Houston, Texas, at Intercontinental Airport. I walk no more than walk in the door. I do not believe that I have taken five steps in the door when a young woman comes running over to me, and I do mean running over to me with a look on her face that I have replayed all day long, and she looks at me, her eyes are this big around, and she looks at me and she says, and with her first word, tears begin to flow like rivers from her eyes. And she says to me, are you a minister? And I mean, I was, I was utterly taken aback. I, you know, I didn't know, I mean, she did not know my name. This wasn't a, this wasn't a name recognition. If there was any recognition whatsoever, it had to have been that something spurred her on even from this program. That would have been the only way. I don't have a clue because there was no other uh, familiarity that she had. Y- y'all, I, I, 10 seconds, 10 seconds inside the door. And she said, just sobbing, I need prayer. I need prayer. And listen, while she's doing it, she is putting her hands out. I I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this scene in my head uh, over and over today. The the whole time she's telling me, "I, I need prayer. I need prayer. She's already got her hands out like this and her head is down. I mean, she's already like in the posture for me to pray for her. And listen, you know, I'm very maternal. And so I just like go in for it because I am like, whoa, what on? I said, okay, okay, okay. And I get her little face in in my hands. I said, okay, sweetheart, talk to me just a little bit. I said, oh, I promise you we are about to pray. We are about to pray, but I need to know something from you. I need to know, um, can you give me any direction? Because it's such desperation. Can you give me any direction whatsoever about your need? And y'all, she put her hands on her head like this, and she said, my mind, my mind, it just killed me, just broke my heart. And I got a hold of her, and I mean, we prayed and pressed in, and I hugged her and held her as tight as I possibly could. She was not there for a flight. She was there to apply for a job. Um, She was beside herself, beside herself. Um, When she, she said, what do I do? What do I do? But I had no information. Uh, What do I, exactly what, exactly what? I mean, she was heading out, I was heading in. And so I gave her as much instruction as I knew to. I feel like the Holy Spirit put on me what I was supposed to say. I pray that. Also gave her the number for the ministry back in Houston, but I thought about it all day long. My mind, my mind. One reason it just nearly killed me is because I have been there. Anybody else? 
I, I, I wonder, has anybody besides me ever thought you were absolutely and utterly losing your mind? I need to know if somebody, just anybody. I mean, don't say it if you hadn't, but if you have thought, and somebody's saying, I'm too young, but I, it, it could be before the night's over, <laughs> before midnight, you know, you just, and I don't want you to get that on you, but I am just saying we have times when we think, listen, if someone does not pray over this head of mine, I do not think I can bear it. And it was such an impression to me of where this series is going. I knew full well that God had ordained it for this time so that I would be stricken by the, um, the weight the weight of the torment of the evil one in a person's life. And I knew, if I knew anything, she was tormented by the enemy. I knew that she was. I want you to notice in the narrative, if you're just now joining us, we're in Luke chapter 8, and we're seeing where Jesus goes over with his disciples in a boat to what is called the opposite side, and that would be in verse 26, the opposite side. And I want you to notice something with me, that Jesus calls us to go with him and minister to the opposite side. Now, for them, for these Jewish men, the opposite side was Gentile territory. But for us, it's just anything wholly different than what we are accustomed to. Um, for us, perhaps ministering on the opposite side is ministering somewhere where there are more drive-by shootings than there are drive-throughs. Anybody know what I'm talking about? My good friend Janice Meyer is on staff here at the Outreaches of Life, and I love her so much, and she is on the road working internationally uh, constantly through this ministry, and she is sent to the opposite side all the time where people are enslaved and human trafficking, um, where people are poverty-stricken and, and um, uh, dying um, of starvation. She sees the other side continually, where people have no water. She's constantly going to the opposite side. And listen, sometimes it may be that God is not calling us to be the one in that particular trip, but let me tell you something. God has called all of us to minister to the opposite side. And that's one reason we invest in them. That's one reason why we help them go. Because if we cannot go ourselves, and until we do go ourselves, somebody has got to be ministering in the name of Jesus Amen. to the opposite side. Somebody say, I've got to be willing to go the opposite side. But here's what you got to know. It better be Jesus taking you. You know, I don't want to put the fear of God in us or anything if, we, um, if, if it would somehow get twisted up in our minds and make us think we're not supposed to go at all and we're too afraid to. Listen, we want to be fearless to do what he has called us to do, but it's got to be that we're going with him. We don't just go out just even just in his name. We go with him to minister when we go to the opposite side because we are out of our league on the opposite side. We are not accustomed to how the enemy works there. We are not accustomed to the customs there. We have got to have some equipping for the other side. I've got, I've got to show you something. Notice in the narrative, if you've got your Bible, glance back a little bit in the narrative. Would somebody tell me what happens just prior to them going to the opposite side? Look up, you'll see it right before verse 22. What does that little caption say? What happens there? 
Jesus calms the storm. If you've heard many stories out of the New Testament Gospels, you've probably heard this one when Jesus rebukes the wind and the waves. There's a time in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14 when he literally comes walking to them on the water. He's not in the boat with them. He comes walking to them. He invites Peter who wants to come out to him. Come on, come and walk with me here. This is another time in the Gospels. Of course, they were on the boat many, many times. This was one of the times when he was on the boat with them and he had fallen asleep. Here come the wind and the waves. Even some of my conservative commentaries will go ahead and concede to the fact that in all likelihood, we are to understand that what's happening in the scene is that the enemy knows Jesus is coming. And I want you to see that because if you and I would get accustomed to thinking that when we are about to join Jesus in a work that has eternal significance, that we would not turn around the boat and head home the first storm we get into, but that we'd ask him to rebuke it. Jesus is coming. And I mean, when he is about to arrive on a certain shore, let me tell you, they, the enemy, the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2, 2, he knows he is coming and he starts stirring things up. Do not back off. You ask Jesus to rebuke the winds and waves and you head straight toward it because let's admit it, sometimes the coast is not clear. We have a saying, well, the coast is clear. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's not. Sometimes the reason why we're going, we keep thinking, we keep being surprised when we run into all manner of um, attack and oppression. Well, listen, we are hoping to minister where people are not already walking in what we're bringing them. You understand what I'm saying? So, of course, it's going to stir up opposition. Of course, there's going to be oppression that's going to try to come against us because we're not just trying to minister to the same people over and over again that already know the truth. We're also trying to go to the opposite side. Got to go to the opposite side. Oh boy, I hope you heard not just what Beth said, but what the Spirit of God is saying about all the distractions that can lead to deception and destruction or extreme difficulties. Father, take the word that has been sown and bring forth much fruit. In Jesus' name. Can I ask you to do something that could, in a very positive and profound way, affect your life? It might even in some way change your life, but I can guarantee you this. If you will look prayerfully and you will listen to the one you pray to, you are going to become a living, visible, undeniable miracle. You, you're going to be someone's miracle and you're going to be glad. See if you don't want to be. Watch, listen, and hear. You want to Fifteen-year-old Akol. Amidst the conflict in South Sudan, she has lost so much. Her father, their home, life as she knew it. But she has also found some things. A will to survive. A nurturing heart for her little brother. Dangamoi, Jelejat Kurula, 
Sometimes life thrusts us into roles we don't anticipate. During their escape, Big Sister became protector. Because of your support, food awaited them in a place of safety. But in this time of crisis in South Sudan, without you, Life Outreach can do nothing. Again and again, a coal takes her brother's hand. It's a gesture of love that keeps him near, safe, provided for. When you respond to the need before you, your gesture of love erases the distance between to take the hand of a coal and those suffering like her. Oh Lord, how I pray we would take that precious 15-year-old girl's hand and lift them both into the arms that you extend so freely. In Jesus' name, I honestly believe that in your heart, every person that's watching, if you, if you stayed with us and you didn't turn away, then you see an opportunity to literally put the arms of a loving God around that precious family and so many others. And you, of all people on the planet, the missionaries think you're just the greatest Christians in the world. They say it over and over. The people that watch life today and help us do what God called us to do have got to be the greatest Christians because they're helping some of us and they've never met us, but they enable us to be the hands of Jesus. And they don't leave us empty-handed. We're able to extend not only love and expressions of love, but we're able to give them food and give them a future. And Betty, we're able to take those children over a period of time into a miracle situation in so many instances. There are miracles occurring because of prayer and because people are involved. I'm believing every person watching today is going to take advantage of a miracle we've had where we've had a, a few friends say, we're going to put a $400,000 matching gift for what you give right now. We're going to double it. Because we've got 400,000 children plus 25,000 right there in that Sudan area that's just in horrible conflict. 425,000 right now. And we're asking you to help. And Betty, I believe every person watching is going to do something knowing it'll be doubled. Will you right now reach out, join hands with us, and let's make a chain of love around these precious children and these families. And let's give them hope. Let's show them the love of Jesus by offering help to them. Please join with us. Yeah, you know, we don't just love in word. We love in deed. And when you show people the power of the gospel, the good news, and you show them love, you don't just tell them about it, you show them love, they receive love, they believe the story of God's grace because they've seen it. Would you right now, knowing that what you do today will be doubled, would you go online, lifetoday.org, 
take your bank card and use it like a check. That's the way you should always use them, like a check. Or you can dial the number and get your bank card and say, here's the gift. Now think about this. 30, 50, 100, in normal circumstances, feeds three, five, or 10 children for the next months. Now it'll be doubled. A gift of, a, of a $100 doesn't feed 10, it feeds 20 now. 50 feeds 10, 30 feeds six. So what you do is double, and these are the closing days of this emphasis. Twice a year, we ask you to help. We need a miracle right now, a miracle of love. Would you be that miracle expression? We have some gifts to send you, to bless you and inspire you, and I promise you they will. We want to place in your hands that which will bless you and encourage you and inspire you. So we will say thank you. But would you right now reach out and touch someone with God's love? lifetoday.org or dial the number. Make the gift God put on your heart knowing it's going to be doubled in its effect because of love. Thank you for doing it. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa. And those at greatest risk are the children. This month, 400,000 children are depending on us for survival. And now in South Sudan, the suffering has intensified and our feeding efforts are desperately needed by an additional 25,000 children. As an answer to prayer, a group of Life's friends have set a $400,000 matching gift challenge for mission feeding. This means your gift today can have a double impact. $30 to help feed three children will be doubled to impact six children. $50 to help feed five children will be doubled to help save 10 children. $100 for 10 children will be doubled to help feed 20 children and $300 for 30 children will be doubled to help feed and minister to 60 children. With your gift, we'll send you Heirs to the Kingdom, four powerful messages on audio CD or USB flash drive. You'll also receive the award-winning book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. With your double impact gift of $100 or more to help feed 20 children, please request The Story, a running narrative Bible to help you engage with God's Word more easily. Finally, please consider a double impact gift of $1,000 and request this beautifully framed canvas print of the Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, you know, I do my best and Betty and I together to try to point you to that which is important to God and to look at what he looks at and be his hands. The Bible says 30 times in the New Testament, we're the body of Christ. Not like his body, we are his body. This is a phenomenal book and we're, we're giving it to you if you'll just give life. Just help us share life. Fearfully and Wonderfully Made by Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey. Paul Brand is going to be with the Lord. An incredible doctor. Showing you how God designed the body and how from how he designed the body, we can learn how his body is to function. This is absolutely incredible. It will captivate you. My wife, so excited about it, she's been reading it to me. Reading it because she sees what's there. It's incredible. So we're sending it to say thanks. And I want to say thank you so much for helping us feed others who need nourishment and need a chance. Thank you. Go to stream.org every day. Thanks for watching. Thanks all of you.
They have to sit in God's lap to slap his face. Tomorrow, author and speaker Frank Turek presents powerful evidence for Christianity. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.